from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to the week wrap up on Locked On Chiefs as we take a look at what the Chiefs have gotten done this week, and they actually have gotten some things done. This wide receiver core probably needs a, a boost still, but at least it looks like you can field a team at this point. We're going to get into that with Demarcus Robinson coming back. And we have some uh, numbers to look at very early with your old pal, Dirty Dan. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host at RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. And thank you for listening again this week. And we really do appreciate all the new iTunes reviews. So thank you for those as well. Uh, yeah, we do have some numbers to talk about when it comes to Daniel Sorensen. We also actually already have the numbers for one Demarcus Robinson who got re-signed today as well. Yeah, let's uh, let's go with uh, Dan. I want to take a look at it first. And then next segment, we'll dig deep into Marcus, Demarcus and uh, the whole group, I think. So Daniel Sorensen's contract is... One year, $2.462 million with $137,500 signing bonus, a salary of $2.325 million guaranteed. And it is a four-year qualifying contract. That is key. And the reason that is key is because this is basically the Anthony Sherman contract of years past. You have the ability in the NFL to sign two players to a qualifying contract. Here's the details of that. Under this benefit is one-year deal with a base salary of up to $1.25 million more set to increase in 2022 than the minimum base salary for said player. So that means he's getting $1.25 million more than the base salary that he would be eligible for based on his, of his years of experience. The key there, though, is it's only a $1.25 million charge to the cap plus the salary plus the uh, signing bonus. Mm-hmm. So he's counting to the salary cap of one, like 1. 1.3 million, 1.4 million, right? Compared to a $2.5 million deal. So it's a million dollar savings against the cap. And you can only do this if they have been with you for the past four years. So he is one of the only veterans that can actually do this type of deal. Yeah. So it's four consecutive seasons on the same team on the 53. And, Honestly, that's a pretty good deal against the cap, no matter what you think of Dan, for somebody who's been on this roster for a very long time, the entire culmination of the Reed era. Con- consistency is, is certainly there in terms of understanding what's going on, and, and he may have a little bit left in the tank. Good for them. I think it's a very base bargain deal. Yeah, no, absolutely. And honestly, you know, you look at what this means for them. Obviously, we kind of already talked about it when it comes to Sorensen, but, you know, to me, this was them saying, we would like you here. And here's what we can give you. And they're basically giving him, you know, the the full veteran benefit. And like I said, this is something that they can only do with veterans that have been on the team for more than four years. So this is one of the only guys that they could do this to. This is what they did with Anthony Sherman the past couple of seasons. Yeah, those numbers did sound familiar. So now with Sherm off into retirement. Um, and and yeah. you would know very well about those numbers, I'm sure. Yeah, they stick in your head a little bit, but, you know, Sherm's at the range practicing up. So, you know, he's going to be doing what he's doing. You might as well take advantage when you have a couple other veterans that fit into those very specific parameters. Like, I don't know that every team has a couple of guys they would want to do this with. Yeah. And you have to realize, you know, you think that $2 million sounds like a lot of money for a safety. Guess what? For a starting safety or for a guy that can start, which Sorensen has for Kansas City, uh, that's pretty cheap. So, 
you know, I'll take it. And I think it was a good deal for them. Uh, there's, you know, and that's still leaving plenty of other salary cap room for other moves to be made, uh, which we will get into here in a minute. Yeah, like there's plenty overall to be done, but it's very similar to the Demarcus Robinson numbers, who is back in Kansas City. I think we'll dig into him as well as the wide receiver core itself on the backside of this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news, every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So do you need to repeat all those numbers, or are they literally exactly the same? No, they're not exactly the same. So Demarcus Robinson's deal is a little bit different. Uh, he's got a veteran minimum deal of one point one three seven million, fully guaranteed, including his one point or his hundred thirty seven thousand dollar, hundred thirty seven thousand five hundred dollar signing bonus. So basically, if you think about it, they got Daniel Sorensen and Marcus Robinson on the cap for the same amount that they're paying Daniel Sorensen. Pretty impressive. So, I, you know, here's my thoughts. It sounds like Kansas City was in on a lot of different wide receivers. Uh, Nate Taylor says that they were looking at Corey Davis. Um, they were looking at um, Curtis Samuel as well. So to me, that says that they really want to upgrade the position, which that makes you wonder what they think of Michael Hardman in the future. It does. Um, and nothing against Byron Pringle. Like I, I feel like he, he can, I think, take a step forward if given enough targets. Enough opportunity. I feel like he's shown you a spark a few times, but I think this signing says that they're not comfortable going into the season with him at three. Obviously, all the interest in other receivers is is justified uh, because even with Byron and Demarcus back, um, Demarcus outplayed I think both of them combined last season in terms of snap count. So you have your volume right, and now you I think you can afford to take a chance in the draft, and so maybe this lowers your expectation of drafting a wide receiver on you know day one or midday two, right? Maybe this is now a third round or less type position, don't you think? No. No? I disagree with you. Okay. I think that this means since they weren't able to get something done that they still want to improve that position. So to me, if a wide receiver is there that they think that they can get within five or ten picks of where they are, I think they're going to go get him. I, I think that they're going to make an improvement there if there's somebody there that they want. But the problem is, is you keep seeing these guys that we thought were going to be late round first pick, first round picks. And I'm not saying I expect them to take a receiver of the first, but you know, Tony is a great example of the guy from Florida. I saw a lot of people saying that Tony would go to Kansas city at the end of the first round. Now I'm seeing people are thinking that he might not even make it to 20. <laughs> so I mean, it's just, it's all over the place. Now, I also want to throw this out there just because I saw it today on Twitter. Um, you can leave me and Ryan and the Locked On Chiefs account out if you want to attack a player. We talk about players. 
but we're not going to attack them and we're not going to at them because that's not what we're here for. Just want to throw that out there. I must have missed something, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to attack or confront players. I, I'll give you my honest opinion and if they hear about it, they can deal with it. Um, right. I, I'm not, I'm not here to get in anybody's face about it because I like both of these players into Marcus and Byron Pringle. Um, I do want to see Pringle get more of that opportunity. Um, I, I think DeMarcus has had his big plays and he's had his, his bad plays. Um, and the balance for me was the only way that he comes back is if it is this level of deal. But I am comfortable. I've seen a lot of people. I honestly don't have Tony as a first round talent. So I think he falls out and I hope that the Chiefs aren't tempted by him because quite frankly, I think what he's best at is very similar to what Hill and Hardman do in terms of short area, horizontal game. Um, you know, the jet sweep stuff. I mean, if they're looking to replace McColl, maybe that fits. But I, I think there's bigger fish to fry getting down the field like they kept trying to do in the Super Bowl. I think maybe this is an opportunity for them to get somebody that can actually help them do better about what they're trying to do and not have to adapt. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I, I'm not saying that I think that they were going to go after Tony, although I could see them do it. Uh, and the person that was being attacked was McCall Hardman, by the way, just to be clear. Mm. Uh, but I will say this. It doesn't shock me why people are saying that Tony could go to Kansas City because he does. You're right. He does fit that Hardman and he does fit that Hill type role, but they absolutely need something that's different. They need more of a Sammy Watkins type of receiver. Um, you know, so I think that that's really, if they're going to be looking at wide receiver, I think that that is the type that they would be looking at because Corey Davis is not the typical wide receiver that you would expect in Kansas City. Uh, and that really kind of surprised me to see him listed, but the kind of deal he got, I mean, obviously the Jets can pay him and, and Kansas City couldn't give him that type of deal, especially when he signed because Kansas City was trying to get Trent Williams. And that's uh, at the end of the day, that's what you gotta, you gotta go after. Um, I, I find it interesting, the Samuel interest as well. Um, I think that could have been a pretty good fit. I like that one. <sighs> it would have been really good. Yeah, right. And and it's good to swing for the fences. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Now, but that does kind of take away from what is we may see you know variations in all these players, but what is it that they are specifically looking for? They could go X Sammy type replacement to have a similar role. They could just say, let's make it even harder and make a strength stronger and do something like Tony. The question for us is there are players available. Uh, at 31, that will probably fit both roles. I'll be interested to see like which way they lean. Yeah, and you say it's a strength. I say I don't know that I would call it a strength. Yes, you have one of the best players in the NFL on Tyree Kill, but that is assuming that you believe that Michael Hardman can do most of what Hill can. I don't think he can. I don't think he's there yet. So to me, it would create a strength if you can get a guy that can basically not replace Hill but be a lot like him. Uh, I think that's what they envisioned Hardman being, but I don't think he's developed to that point yet. Right. No, I would agree with that. I would say this. I would make the delineation at about um, the five-yard range. I think McCall Hardman has proven that he can do the jet work. He can carry the ball. Like I, I think that part of it behind the line of scrimmage, certainly, I think he's he's pretty comparable. I mean, it, does he have the cut ability that Tyreek does? No, but he certainly has the acceleration to get to the edge and do the things that are most important about running those jet motions and things that are misdirection in the backfield. It's after that five-yard stem, the first three steps that Tyreek is just in another world, and nothing against McCall Hardman. He's, he's in another world from the majority of the NFL receivers that exist in this league. So 
that's kind of where I draw the distinction. No, and I get that. And I guess I am taking it a step further. You're saying it's beyond five yards. I'm saying it's 10, 15, 20 yards down the field in route running. Uh, that's a huge step. If McCall Hardman could take a step forward in route running like Tyreek Hill did between year one and year two, how much of a, how big of an improvement would that be for this offense? It'd be huge. And he has to be where Patrick is expecting him to be at all times. And don't get me wrong. I get that, you know, there's players that mess up and mistakes happen, but you can't have the type of thing that happened in the Super Bowl happen on a regular basis, especially when you've had two weeks to prepare for it. Absolutely. And the line is not the only thing. I'm still, uh, I'm still wondering just what is. I, I like what Demarcus brings in terms of a, a body. We've seen him come inside and you know line up in the H and actually do some blocking as well. So like they feel comfortable with his strength. But again, it is that can he press downfield? Can he run the slants? Can he run the digs and actually draw coverage away from the other two? I think that's the question mark right now. And the same thing would go for Byron Pringle. So I, I think this is still a high priority position. And uh, you know, playing devil's advocate, I don't think that they can disallow anybody that is at the top of their board at a position at 31 to be the pick. I think there's more value at 63, but I, I think it could happen anywhere. Yeah. And honestly, like you said, it's going to depend on who's there and and we aren't going to know that for multiple weeks. I honestly, I don't even think you'll know who's going to be at 31 until maybe you're sitting there at pick 25 because the draft seems to change every single year. And you think that you have an idea of where teams are going to go and then teams go in completely different directions. And really quick, I don't want to change the subject to this completely, but I do want to mention this. How funny is it that we talk about the Raiders and then they go out and make an even more perplexing signing? <laughs> you know what? We, we can cover that, making a strength a strength, quote unquote, in the next group, because there are two other guys that might be coming back that maybe we should touch on as well. We've been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar's the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It's Built Bar Madness. There are daily matchups as all the high-powered flavors go head-to-head. Go to BuiltBar.com or at BuiltBar on Twitter. Check out the matchup and vote in the Built Bar bracket. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20. To get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back and see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Now, I know exactly where you're going, but how surprising was that signing to you and what exactly are you talking about? Nick Martin going to the Raiders makes no sense. <laughs> you go and you give Rodney Hudson's backup $8 million over three years when you didn't have to pay him that because he was an, an exclusive rights free agent. You're throwing cash around, whatever. Not my money, so whatever. And then you go and sign another free agent center. And I don't know what they signed him to. I don't really care. That's not really my issue. I mean, I hope they gave him $15 million. That'd be That'd be great. Well, they did jettison two guards. Maybe they need to put something over there, you know. Um, I don't know how you're going to run three guys in the backfield and two centers at the same time, but, you know, you never know with Gruden. Yeah, I just don't get it. 
I mean, maybe they're going to have multiple centers on the field at the same time, and one's going to snap the ball to the other. I don't. <laughs> Whatever dumb move you can think of, I just I can't I can't fathom it because it just makes no sense. You get rid of like I talked about the other day, Rodney Hudson is probably the number one center in the NFL, and I think you could make an argument. Probably maybe he's two or three, but I still easily put him up in the top three and you jettison him for Nick Barton and you give his backup uh, the money that you're going to pay Hudson. Makes no sense. Well, you clearly emphasize the position because you went back out and re bolstered it with somebody who's probably up in the top five with Rodney Hudson. So, yeah, I, I it's perplexing. And the Raiders are going to do Nick Martin. Is that good? I think he's very good. Yeah, I, I would say probably top five. He's pushing it, yeah. Six, seven, wow. maybe. But yeah, he's up there. I, I will say well, this, too. You know, that fits in line with the Raiders doing what the Raiders do. And well, but why give why give the backup that much money then? <laughs> Just, sorry, I'm done. If I knew my title would be assistant GM to Mike Mayak, I don't. Um, <laughs> so for now, we'll just have to call sense. it what it is. They're going to do whatever it is that they do, and the Chiefs are going to do whatever it is that they do. And so there's a couple of guys still out there that may come back on these deals kind of like Sorensen and Demarcus Robinson. One of them for me is Bashad Breeland, who doesn't seem to have much of a market yet again, and much like Demarcus could find himself taking another one-year deal to come back. And I expect that. I just don't know how much it's going to be for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're looking at, <laughs> man, I just don't know. I think Breland's going to be back and I expect it's going to be for probably around the same kind of money he got last year, which is going to be a steal for Kansas city, especially considering uh, he was not eligible to play in four of the games last year. And he'll be eligible to play in all 17 this year. As far as we know, mm-hmm. as far as we know, and, and that doesn't preclude you from drafting anyone to in, in because what this does it all these signings uh demarcus robinson dan Sorensen, bashad if he comes back uh, a couple other guys we'll talk about in a second all this does is la- raise your floor because you've been to two super bowls with these guys so at the very bottom they are able to get you there i think it still leaves you the room to increase the talent at all of those positions over the top and move those guys into a secondary role, backup role, and that just makes your depth look like we wish it looked for the offensive line a couple of months ago. I think overall this is a good process. No, I do. I do. I completely agree with you, and I really wish that the depth of the offensive line, uh, honestly, it's hard to look at the depth of the offensive line because going into this season, I thought that their depth was pretty good. I mean, Rimmers, I thought, was going to be a guy that could be serviceable at tackle. Uh, you have Niang as well. I thought that their depth was going to be good. LDT was probably a thought of coming back. And then you lose three of those. You lose, you know, three guys. It's two guys that you didn't have any clue that were going to leave. You know, maybe LDT, you had an idea. But Lucas Niang, I mean, how are you going to know that he's going to opt out? <laughs> and, you know, and then you're sitting there with the the Schwartz injury and, and that happening. And at the very end of the season, Fisher goes out with a with an Achilles. I mean, honestly, you know, if you put Fisher in that game, I think that game ends completely differently. Now, would Casey win? I don't know. But if Fisher plays, I think they at least make it a good game. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, and that is the perplexity. Again, having these guys back uh, allows you to get there. And, and I think it, it, it lays that foundation to take the step forward, but it's not the only one. Like, 
The other guy that stands out to me, and I'm interested to see your take on it, is I, I think Tano Passanio can do the same thing for the defensive end position. And we know they have Dana, and they brought Taco Charlton back. But Tano played a lot of snaps for a team that went to the Super Bowl. Yes, the defense was not what you needed to be, particularly at that position. But it allows you to have a comfort level of a floor with him and Mike Dana that you can then go try to draft up to then get the big-time player to raise the level of that position. I could see it, but I don't. I don't think it'll happen. And, and maybe I'm wrong completely. Uh, the reason I don't think it'll happen, I think that they want to see what they have with Tim Ward, mm-hmm. and you can only have so many bodies there. I mean, right now they've got Ward makes four, and I would imagine you're going to carry five. So if they're going to draft somebody, they're going to have somebody else there. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I could see them bringing Tano back, although it's funny because what three or four years ago when Brett Veach first took over, everybody thought that. Beach didn't like Tano, um, and then he continued to play for Kansas City and start even. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree. I think that they can improve there, and I'm not saying they can't. The question is, is are they going to bring him back, and are you going to do it and give him guaranteed money? Because I think that's really where the problem would be, because you're probably going to have to give him a guaranteed contract. And, okay, well, what happens if if a pass rusher drops into your lap? Are you going to – you know, want to be able to give him a guaranteed contract of, I mean, I know it's only a million dollars or two, but that's still something. I will guarantee you a vet minimum contract. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one way around it. It's, it's, yeah, that's a little tongue in cheek, but it is, it is there for the taking. Right. But I would think that he could get that elsewhere. And I'm, I'm thinking he's expecting to try to get some kind of other deal where he's going to get a cut. Maybe, uh, you know, pass rushers make more money than most of the other positions. That's just the reality of it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to get, you know, $2 million somewhere uh, just as somebody that can come in uh, from a team that has a lot of cap space. It doesn't have to be guaranteed, but I would expect he'd get a better deal somewhere else. The other one that I would think of to me, and I still think it's going to happen, uh, Austin Ryder. Yeah, I would agree. I expect the comfort level is just too steep for them to not do that. Yep. And I know that you and I both have talked about it and they need to upgrade at that position, but there's not much out there right now. I mean, I, <laughs> it's another reason why the Nick Martin thing perplexes me to me. I would think that a guy like that would be, you know, somebody that could come in in Kansas city and, and get a pretty decent contract. Yet he goes to the Raiders. So hope you like losing bud, but I mean, he must. He was on the Texans for a while, so... Oof, you're just dropping bombs today. All right, well, before you get us, uh, you know, lambasted back, I think, <laughs> I think that's enough throwing fire. Um, but, folks, we appreciate where they're at. I know it's been a frustrating week, particularly in free agency. I think you're going to see some things turn around. I think you're going to have some, some comfort when some of these guys continue to come back, and we will see what happens going forward next week. There's still some fish out there. Let's see who they get on the hook, and we'll have reaction for you. We'll be back with you, uh, you know, late Sunday. You'll have a podcast that evening if you happen to be working on a swing shift or something like that. We appreciate you giving us your time and your effort, and we will give you ours. Thanks for listening today. We will talk to you Sunday. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.